Live with CDP Sports Talk, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet. Live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. And on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Radio Public, and TuneIn. Now, here's your host, Chris Palme. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 32, overall number 307 of Live with CDP Sports Talk, brought to you by Barry Cullen Chevrolet. 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Gulf Auto Mall. Check out BarryCollin.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles or give them a call at 519-824-0210 or email them at info at BarryCollin.com as well. Also, guys, Live with CDP Sports Talk is on weeknights at 8 p.m. on WQEE 99.1 FM in Metro Atlanta, the home of Southern Talk and Sports. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. I hope everyone's doing well on this, um, what's today, um, Tuesday, August 8th, 2023. Summer is just flying by, and I'm just waiting for my guests to come on too, guys. So just bear with me. I'm just having a technical problem with Facebook, but I think we've got that fixed. But uh, I'm looking forward to my guest today. I just met him at the Bills uh, scrimmage on Friday night at, in High at Highmark Stadium. I still want to call it... Um, Rich Stadium at Orchard Park. Uh, they've had a few names for that stadium, but um, his name is AJ Sobowski, and he is a podcast host and a writer uh, for uh, Buffalo Ram- Ramblings. And also, he's a former contributing writer uh, with Syracuse.com as well. So, AJ is going to come on today and talk a little bit about his career in media and also a little bit about the uh, 2023 Buffalo Bills. Good evening, AJ. How you doing? Good. How are you? How you doing? I'm not too bad on this. Uh, I can't believe it's already August 8th. I know. Summer's flown by. It's, it's actually quite remarkable. I uh, just graduated, so it's weird. Usually I'm getting ready back to <clears throat> getting ready to go back to school, but now, you know, this year it's not not the same. Obviously not going back to school. So, uh, yeah, a little different this summer. Well, congratulations, and uh, it was kind of nice to meet you the other night when we were at Highmark Stadium. I still want to call it Rich Stadium and uh, New Era Stadium. It's had a few names over the years, but uh, – I'm, uh, hey, what were your thoughts on that blue and red uh, scrimmage and, and the attendance that were the people that were there on Friday? I mean, yeah, the attendance is always just absolutely remarkable. I think, you know, Bill's mafia and the fan base here is obviously one of the most well respected and one of the most diehard fan bases in the whole entire NFL. Um, and, you know, I thought the scrimmage went well. Obviously, they're not going to show a lot, it's, it's early still, relatively. Um, they still have three preseason games and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I saw some good things from the from the first team offense. Good things from the you know first team defense. Just a bunch of you know overall. I can get more in depth if you'd like, but overall, just a, a solid day with not much, not not many takeaways. I actually do get more takeaways from going up to, to training camp and seeing the practices. Um, so that's just my honest opinion. Okay, well, being involved with the CFL and the Toronto Argonauts, can you just briefly talk a little bit about linebacker Shane Rain, Shane Ray, and uh, where, do you think he can make this roster or even the practice roster possibly? 
Yeah, I think he might have a chance to make the practice squad. Um, there, there's so many guys ahead of him. I mean, he he he's going against you know guys like Boogie Basham, who they've drafted, who I think is basically a lock at this point. He's been a lot of run with the twos. Um, his versatility's been apparent so far through camp. Uh, they have Shaq Lawson, who they like. They resigned him. Um, he he came back to Buffalo in the offseason. Jordan Phillips is another guy. Uh, AJ Epinesa, Greg Rousseau, Von Miller. So you, so you have a bunch of guys. Leonard Floyd. There's already a, a lot of talent across the defensive line. I find it hard to believe that Shane Ray can get make a you know the the final fifty three man roster, but does he have a path to the practice squad? Maybe if he can show enough in these upcoming you know preseason games, if he can show a flash or something like that. Obviously, everybody knows he was a first round pick, took about four years off. He won a Super Bowl with the Broncos with Von Miller, so he's kind of trying to have a comeback story, rejuvenate his career. Um, we'll see. Maybe he does make a case, and during the preseason, he does a good job and make some splash plays, but uh, I don't know. It'll, it'll be time will tell with that one. Okay. Wanted to ask you this as well. I didn't get a chance on Friday when we were talking, how big of a loss is it with Naheem Himes out for the year with the ACL injury? Yeah, I don't think the loss is necessarily huge. I mean, I think they did a good job, the Bills this year, of bringing in talent such as Deontay Hardy, who was an all-pro punt returner in 2019. And when they drafted Cleo Shakir from Boise State in the fifth round, um, not in the last draft, but the draft before um, the draft that was just a couple months ago, so 2022 NFL draft. Um, he has experience in the return game as well, so I think they have a good one-two punch there that can. And they also signed Darrington Evans, who has return uh, a return game ability. He played at Appalachian State. He did some return uh, kick kickoff returns for them in, in college. So he hasn't done much in the NFL, but he still brings that experience. So yeah, I think Naeem Hines. Maybe he could have been a factor in the offense this year in the passing game, and he, he would, you know, he's been a, a good player throughout his career in terms of catching the ball out of the backfield and stuff like that. And he obviously last year with the two kickoff returns in the same game right after the Demar Hamlin situation that was pretty special. But it's it's a loss, but it's not a loss that they can't recover from, and I think they're not really going to miss a beat. But yeah, it hurts the special teams and maybe the the dynamic he would bring on the offensive side of the ball in terms in terms of his pass catching ability. Overall, what's the health like in training camp so far? Anybody nicked up yet? Oh, uh, yeah. The, the health's been pretty good. Do- Deion Dawkins actually had a brace. He left practice y- yesterday, came back on the field with no pads. He might have just got his hand caught, maybe like a sprained thumb, minor uh, injury with, with Deion. So so he has a minor uh, you know injury going on there. Uh, Cam Lewis limped off the field. He's a guy that's looking to make a roster spot. His versatility is really shown on special teams at nickel, at, at the safety spot. He's he can do it all. I think that's something that's something that can get you a jersey on game day to show that ability to be versatile and play in multiple positions. But he again left with an injury. I don't know how severe Dawkins is day to day. But no, not really much. Not much else on the on the injury front. Um, Tommy Doyle is obviously coming back from an injury, uh, an ACL injury he suffered. Last year, so hopefully he can get ramped up and maybe make a push for this roster. Again, very versatile piece for the Bills' offensive line. And then you got Von Miller, who's still in the PUP, has yet to be activated. Jordan Phillips is a guy uh, that that got re-signed this offseason. That's you know he's played his best football in a Bills uniform. He is just got activated from the PUP with after coming off a, a rotator cuff injury. So he's been getting some some solo individual work at practice the last couple of days, ramping up him to get ready for the you know season. And yeah, that, that's about it. So far, so good in, in terms of the injuries. What are your thoughts on Von Miller possibly being back for week one against the Jets? I could see it. 
Um, it, it's hard for me because I, I think he's a very positive manifester. I think he expects the most, you know, out of himself. He recovered back in 2014 or 2015, whatever year it was, like eight months after and returned and had a really good season. Obviously, he's 33 now, a little bit older um, in his early 30s. So that that's going to play a factor into how quickly he can recover from it. Uh, um, if I were the the Bills coaching staff or the, or the trainers, I would rather work him back slow. You you, you brought in Leonard Floyd for a reason. You have AJ Epinesa, Shaq Lawson, uh, Greg Rousseau. Greg Rousseau has the potential to really, you know, carve out a big role this year for this team and get hopefully that double digit sack number that he's yet to achieve. Um, so yeah, I think the the best process with Vaughn is getting him back as slow as he can, kind of you know putting on the pup to start the year, missing the first four weeks, and then ramping him up in week five or week six and hopefully return like mid season. I'd rather, I think the bills would rather have him fully hundred percent than, than rush him. I, I don't want him out there if he's not, you know, fully himself. What's the overall mood right now in Buffalo uh, towards this uh, 2023 bills team? Uh, obviously they had a great regular season again, last year, 13 and three, they got by Miami and then uh, the Cincinnati game, they just did not play well in that game at all. I knew Cincinnati was a good football club, but they basically went in there and uh, took care of business against Buffalo. Yeah, the, the it's weird because if you look, if you talk locally and the people around the area, fans, local media, I think there's still, a, you know, there's a sense of urgency this year for sure. I think it's obviously each year you keep falling short and you feel like you have the pieces in place and you have, you know, Stefan Diggs getting upset and rightfully so with, you know, just the amount of times they've fallen short when he feels like they have the roster, the coaching staff to get it done when it matters. Um, so I think the sense of urgency this year is definitely picked up. I think from a national perspective, I think there's a lot of talk about the Jets and Dolphins just because of the fact that the Jets brought in Aaron Rodgers, who's a you know a big name, big market. You know the Jets are a big market. Same with the Dolphins trading for Jalen Ramsey, who unfortunately is going to be out till about December, um, so should miss you know more than half the season. But yeah, I think from uh, from the fan perspective, I think there's a lot of hope and confidence. I think a lot of people still think they win this division in terms of around the area, but on a national level, I think there was a little more scrutiny with the coaching staff with Sean McDermott being a defensive mind, not being that offensive minded coach. It's become popular uh, in, in the NFL. So it's, it's, a, it's a balance. There's two, there's two sides to it going on right now. Um, me personally, I think this is the best depth the bills have had. I'm, I'm still worried about that offensive line. Um, and, and if Josh Allen does get the, the true help that he you know, can from his playmakers and run game, um, that'll be the biggest determining factor for me, as well as the loss of Tremaine Edmonds, which isn't as important as some people may have made it out to be. I think Terrell Donson or Terrell Bernard can fill in for that role with you have a, such a good secondary with Matt, you're playing next to Matt Milano, your defensive line's the best I think it's ever been in terms of depth and, you know, pass rushing power. So, yeah, the Bills are a good team. I think they're the best roster in the AFC East, but the Jets and Dolphins definitely closed the gap this offseason. How does the secondary look right now with Poyer um, and uh, Trey White and all that? And um, do you feel their secondary will be one of the best in the league this year? I do. I think that'll continue. Uh, I think Trey White coming back from an ACL again last year was his first season. He had to get over that mentally. It was his first ever ACL tear. I think that you know prohibited him. You saw him against the Detroit Lions only go out for one drive and then didn't play the, the rest of the game, which obviously was not a physical thing. It was more a, of a mental barrier that he had to get through this, you know, during the training camp, he's been working his tail off. You see, you see him kind of returning to that all pro form. Will he be the same exact player? Probably not. 
but I think he can take it up a notch from last year, and he still didn't have a bad year by any means. I'm still had a really good season. And then on the opposite side, you have you know a three cornerback competition going on. You have Dane Jackson, Christian Benford, and Kyer Elam. All three guys have had pretty good camps. Um, Benford's really made a late case the last couple of days here. Uh, Matt Perino from Syracuse.com reported he had a couple of picks the last couple of days, so he's he's looked the part. But you know the Dane Jackson has the consistency. He's been in this defense for a long, long time under Sean McDermott. Started like 15 games last year. Was the cornerback one with Trey White out, and then obviously Kyrie Elam, the 2022's first round pick, another guy that you know he has that high ceiling. Um, he, he shows a little bit more of inconsistency in terms of zone coverage. He's a, he's a better press man guy. Let the let the pass rushers in the front seven get to the quarterback and let him go on an island. Um, very physical. Uh, very good awareness in terms of where to be in man coverage still struggles in zone. I think hopefully they can get that to a level where they're confident, but I think that could be a by committee approach this year based on matchup, based on teams you're going against, you know, if you're going up against a, a Miami dolphins that have the speed on the outside um, that maybe, you know, two is not the most mobile quarterback in terms of getting outside the pocket. He's more of that stationary pocket passer, sending six, sending seven, putting Elam out there on, on, an, on an island against Tyree Kill, who he did really well against last year um, when they, they they went up against each other. I think there's all those different kind of conversations you can have in terms of matchups. And then obviously the secondary, Poyer, Hyde, hopefully back to full health this year. They, they seem they seem like they are. Jordan Poyer still wearing that brace on his elbow. Um, he suffered that injury last year, played through it, obviously. But, yeah, the, the, the secondary is looking good. I think Taylor Rapp is also a guy that can play into the mix. Uh, he comes over from the L.A. Rams on a cheap deal, Super Bowl champion, brings that veteran experience, very physical. Um, you know, Teron Johnson, another guy um, that, again, plays into the secondary. So if there's a if there's a, a group that's the strongest on this roster, I would, I would probably go with the secondary. But, you know, the, the tight end room is looking really good, and I really like what I've seen from them too. So, yeah, secondary is looking good. The pass rush, how do you feel about the pass rush going into this season? Oh, yeah, dude. I, I, I made this prediction back in April, May. I think there's potential, and there hasn't been a 10-sack uh, player on this Bills team under the under Sean McDermott or Brandon Bean when they've been here. The last person to do it was Lorenzo Alexander um, in 2016 to have 10-plus sacks. Wow. I think there could be two guys on this roster that hit that 10 plus sack mark with Vaughn, depending on when he comes back. And I think Greg Rousseau, Leonard Floyd, both have that potential too. AJ Epinesa, again, a guy that had six and a half sacks last year has had a really good training camp. Again, if he gets the, a good, a good snap share and he gets in the rotation and can figure out a, and carve out a role again for himself. I think there's potential for two of those four guys to really get 10 sacks, get pressure. Um, you're going to see a Sean McDermott defense that's more aggressive than years past, obviously with Leslie Frazier stepping away for a year um, and, and, you know, kind of taking a, taking a break from coaching. I fully expect this defense to be aggressive. And uh, yeah, I am. It, it, the Bills pass rush has let them down in years past. I think this year, I mean, it, it's got to it's got to hit eventually, right? You you keep bringing in these guys year after year after year. I think on the interior, they're the best they've ever been, and on the outside, they're also the best they've ever been. All right, and um, I want to bring this up as an outsider as well. The Steph Diggs, Josh Allen uh, stuff going on. Is there anything that the fans should be worried about in uh, Bills Mafia this year uh, with St- Steph Diggs and Josh Josh Allen? Oh uh, no, there's nothing that, that anyone should be worried about. Um, Diggs has looked the best player on offense again in camp. They've been on the same page, having fun. 
Um, you know, they burned that bridge. I, I think the Bills did a really good job putting Stefan Diggs on the podium the first day of camp, kind of letting him speak his mind, tell him, yeah, like, look, I, you know, it is frustrating. I, I want to win a Super Bowl. That's my ultimate goal. Um, we've, we've gotten so close. I feel like we have the talent and the roster, blah, blah, blah. And when you don't get there, it's hard. And you you need to have those honest conversations. And, I, you know, he's, he credited Sean McDermott for allowing him to have those open conversations. But the one thing that the Bills have done since Stephon Diggs has been here is they've allowed him to be himself. And I think that's continued. It's like taking the good with the bad. Stephon Diggs is a diva. Wide receivers are divas. Yes. Um, yes. But, like, that's, you know, that's what you expect from a guy that, you know, he really wants to win. And it's not about targets. It's not about that. He, he said that wasn't it. It's strictly about just winning, and I, I think not being able to get getting over the hump when you when he feels like he's been in in a Super Bowl window now for a couple of years. He felt like he was in a Super Bowl window in Minnesota, and they weren't able to get over that hump either. So I think he does doesn't want history to repeat itself, and he wants it so bad that he's making sure that he's staying on top of things, talking about what he's seeing, what he wants from the offense, and uh, yeah, no worries from that end. I think once the season starts, that that connection will be right back to where it was uh, last year. All right, um, AJ, I just want to ask you a couple of questions about yourself uh, since my show is based in Ontario, but it's internationally as well. Can you just tell my audience a little bit about yourself and when did you first take an interest in media and uh, who were some of your media influences growing up? Yeah, so the, I don't know. So, so funny story, I actually went to SUNY Brockport, which is a school in my state. I'm, I'm from, you know, south of Buffalo. So New York College, it's, it's around the Rochester area, which is about an hour and a half uh, away from Buffalo. Actually, still a lot of Bills fans in that area, but it, it's more, you get a lot of Long Island kids too. So you get a good Giants, Jets kind of mixture in there too. A couple of my roommates were Giants fans. But yeah, I, I like, I, I, I've liked the media. I've liked the, the Bills um, my whole life. I've liked football my whole life. Um, and, and that's kind of where it started. Um, and then once I got into high school, I really, you know, enjoyed writing in terms of just, you know, writing about sports or, you know, doing things like that, listening to WGR 550, the local radio station, um, taking in as much content as I could. Then I was fortunate enough to randomly run into Matt Perino at Bill's training camp um, when I was like 17, 18 years old. He was just starting on the Bill's beat at the time of Syracuse.com. And, you know, we, we have a good relationship to this day. I talk to him, you know, once a week, a couple times a week, you know, he's, he's, he's a great dude. Um, but yeah, I've always just loved football. I've loved writing. I've loved, I loved news uh, media, being able to ask players questions, all that stuff. Um, I think it's always been something that I've been good at. So I kind of want to pursue that and see, see where it goes. Um, yeah. I've, like I said, I've interned with Syracuse.com as a writer um, last year covering the team and turned at cover one, which is like a, a, like an analytic kind of bills site that they you know, cover the bills strictly a lot of draft stuff, but yeah. Um, and then now I'm at Buffalo rumbling. So it's been a journey. I'm hoping you know to stick with it. It's a hard industry to get into. I'll tell you that it's a, uh, it's a challenge. It's not the easiest thing. The money's not the greatest, but if you work hard enough and you have a dream, I think you can ultimately get where it, get where it gets where you want to be. Yeah, my story is a little different than yours because I'm uh, I'm doing it like uh, an undrafted uh, rookie in sports. Um, I just a couple years ago I got a taste of broadcasting and uh, it led to camera work and it led to my podcast and and some other media work and uh, everybody in the industry has been so great with me and nobody's judged me based on my age or not having the broadcasting diploma. Obviously, I'm doing it the harder way, uh, but uh, this is something I have a passion for, and uh, this is something I want to continue to pursue. 
Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I'm the I'm the same way. Um, yeah, it doesn't. Hey, it doesn't matter as long as you're happy and you're doing what you love. I mean, that's that's truly what matters. Um, and at the end of the day, I think when you do, you know, when you're doing the things you truly love, success will come with that. Um, and just being, you know, always show integrity, be true to yourself, and uh, it'll it'll usually work out in your favor. You need a little luck along the way, but yeah, I mean, and some of my media influences I see on the bottom. Yeah. Um, I was actually a meteorologist major on my first. So I want to be a weatherman for like one semester. Wow. I, I live right near Lake. I live right near Lake Erie. So I wanted okay. to, I, I really was fascinated by Lake Effect snow. I, you know, I lived through November where I missed like five days of school. We had like eight feet of snow at our house. That was, insane. All, that was always an interest to me. Then I stepped into the classroom and started learning like physics and stuff. I'm like, screw that. I'm not a science guy. I'm a math and writing guy. And that's when I was like, okay, like, you know, Sal Capaccio is one of the people I really look up to. Um, yes. You know, Dan Fates. There's a lot of guys, Mike Catalana. Um, there's a lot of guys in the Buffalo media specifically that I really look up to. And on, on the national media, I love Stephen A. Smith, even though he's very controversial. I think he has is a great entertainer. Um, so, yeah, those are just a couple a couple other people that I uh, look up to and uh, want to be someday. And even though I'm not from Buffalo, the Buffalo media has been great with me. The Bisons, the Bandits, and uh, the guys from WGR 550. And uh, if I did get a job in the States, in the radio industry, I would be okay with it being in the Buffalo area because it's such a nice area. And uh, the guys there have been really good with me, especially you mentioned Sal Capaccio as well. And John Murphy came on my show a couple years ago. Uh, and hopefully he'll recover from his stroke as well because he, him and Van Miller have been the voices of the Buffalo Bills for most of the franchise's history as well. Yeah, I, uh, great, great guy. Um, I love listening. I've, I've listened to him call a lot of games um, throughout my life. He's a really good uh, person and, you know, announcer. But yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the Buffalo media is great. I love, you know, a lot of good people out there that work hard and make good content. And, uh, yeah, I'm hoping to one day be a part of that, but absolutely. All right. Uh, we'll get back into the Bills here. What were your overall thoughts quickly again on the 2022 Buffalo Bills season, uh, both regular season and playoffs? Yeah, again, I think a lot to be desired. Um, there was a lot of missed opportunities. I mean, look, they, they were they went 13-3, and three, lost three games by eight points, dealt with a multitude of injuries. They were relatively healthy healthy in years past. I think the injury bug really hit them last year. Um, you lost high to week two to the season. You had the injury scare with Dane Jackson in week two where he was carted off the field with a neck injury but ended up being okay and returning. Obviously, the DeMar Hamlin thing, um, Spencer Brown, Dealt with that with a back injury all season. Deion Dawkins missed some games. Declan Jones, their best interior uh, presence last year, missed the Cincinnati game in the playoffs. So there was a lot of injuries. I'm not here to make excuses. Gabe Davis, you know, dealt with the high ankle sprain. Josh Allen sprained UCL. So I could go on and on about it, about the injuries. But yeah, I think there was still a lot to be desired. I think Ken Dorsey did a good job in year one. Um, I think he has a you know stuff to improve on his red zone spacing, uh, his creativity at times. Uh, I think he gets too comfortable with what he does best and that's kind of taking the deep shot and, and making the big play. I think he needs to get a little bit more out of his comfort zone and stick to like the underneath stuff and letting Josh trust his eyes and kind of reeling him in, allowing him to not make as many mistakes, turn the ball over, fumbling the ball, stuff like that. But defensively, they were solid last year as well. I mean, I can't really complain about the defense. They they held the, the Bengals to 27 points. That's a, that's a really good offense. The Bills just didn't come out offensively last year and they, they put up 10 points in the playoffs. So Overall, really good season. Three losses, eight points. 
Um, and then you, you know, I feel like they just ran out of gas. They went through a lot last year with the Kimpagula. Dawson Knox's brother passed away. The snowstorms, they paid, you know, three away games in 10 days and one, one all three of them. So, yeah, there's – and there was a lot of freakish stuff last year. And Sean McDermott said himself at the end of the year, like, this is the most I've been through as a head coach of a football team. So, I think this year it kind of rejuvenates them. They, they kind of lost traction. They, they beat a Skylar Thompson-led Dolphins team at home in the playoffs by three points, and the defense allowed 31. So, there was definitely – they were not playing their best football last year at the right time. Uh, so, hopefully they, this year that that, that changes. Allen never had surgery, so is he? Does he look like he's fully recovered from that injury? Then, yes, he is. Yeah, he's fully recovered. He actually, other day at practice, he went and got it worked on for like every day before practice. When I, I was at training camp all last week, and every day before practice, like the team stretches, he kind of would just do, do his own like shoulder elbow work with the trainer yeah. to the side. But I mean, that's just typical, like getting that arm loose and getting it ready to throw. I don't think there's any ill effects from the injury, and uh, he, he's been. I mean, he's been on point all, all training camps, so I haven't really seen anything. If, I don't know if you saw the clip on, on Twitter, but the, there was a, a bullet he made to the uh, front pylon on the left side of the field. Teron Johnson uh, with Trey White. They were playing like a zone coverage. Teron Johnson was trailing. Allen just fired a bullet right in between them both. And that was the same day he kind of got that elbow worked on mid-practice and left practice for about 20 minutes. But then he came back um, and then, you know, looked, looked totally fine. Nothing was hindering him, so. I'm old school, but I see so many similarities between Josh Allen and uh, Hall of Fame quarterback John Elway, uh, just with their uh, as athletic ability and also the the cannon of an arm. And I just I just see so many. Well, I don't know what's your what you think of that, but that's how I look at Josh Allen as uh, a John Elway type. Yeah, that's that's perfectly fair. I think there's there's a lot of comparisons for Josh. Jo- Josh is unique in his ability to run the ball, and I think his athleticism. I, I don't think there's many quarterbacks that can hurdle guys, stiff arm guys. I, I think that's where he separates himself, and and why I think he's kind of a one of one guy. I, I think Patrick Mahomes obviously is the better quarterback. I think you can argue Joe Burrow is right up there as well. I think from a pure pocket presence. But there's not many guys in the NFL history that have done, been able to do what Josh Josh Allen does. But you know, Dan Marino comes to mind, John Elway, um, you know, Peyton Manning a little bit, uh, Brett Favre in terms of like the the, the gunslinger mentality with the, with the turnovers, you got to live and die with it. So there's a lot of comparisons out there. But I mean, he's being he's being compared to these greats, which is something Bills fans haven't seen for the the past two decades. So to have a guy that's you know on the Madden cover and top 10 in the NFL top 100, you know, list according to players and uh, doing a bunch of stuff like that in commercials and, and, and passing for 4,000 yards each year with 700 rushing yards and 45 total touchdowns each year. Like he, it's, it's definitely a breath of fresh air for many Bills fans who dealt with the EJ Manuels, Tyrod Taylors. Um, you know, Trent Edwards, JP Lossman. Yes. Yeah. All yes, those you guys. guys so. It's, it's hard to find a franchise quarterback and, and uh, I'm hoping, well, obviously they have in Josh Allen and I'm hoping the same thing with the Eagles and uh, Jalen Hurts. We thought Carson Winston was good. Carson Wentz was going to be the guy, but he never re, never was the same quarterback after that ACL injury. So I'm hoping Jalen Hurts can continue to play at a high level because it really starts with the quarterback and then your offense line and D lines as well. Yeah, I'm, the only thing I'm worried about Jalen Hurts is I think once that contract kicks in and they're not able to put as much talent around him, um, I, I don't know if he'll be able to keep up that production. And I, I mean, look, I think his run last year in the, in the playoffs was phenomenal. I think he did a really good job all off. I think he had a better postseason than regular season. Like I think the regular season, he just was efficient, didn't turn the ball over, 
used his playmakers to the best of his ability, had a great offensive line um, and a great defense that made plays and turned the ball over for him on, on the flip side, along with an easy schedule and a lot of luck. So the, the Eagles, I think, with two, two new coordinators, I think it's going to be a, a tougher path for them this year. I think they have a tougher schedule. But I think Jalen Hurts is a, is a great quarterback. He's a top, you know, five, seven quarterback in this league for sure. Dual, and one of the best dual threats in the, in the NFL. Well, and getting A.J. Brown, too. It's like with Josh Allen. Allen was okay, but once he got Steph Diggs, that really made a difference as well in his game. And and, and A.J. Brown with Devontae Smith, and then you got Dallas Goddard. So I think the Eagles are still going to be a Super Bowl contender but it's going to be a hard road to get back. I believe the last NFC team to go to two Super Bowls in a row was the 74-75 Vikings. So it's not been done. That in shows NFC. you how hard it is. Yeah, it, It's really hard. I believe so. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, as for your Bills, um, obviously I wanted to talk to you about the Bills more. What are your thoughts on DeMar Hamlin? Uh, obviously what happened last year in Cincinnati. And how does he look so far in training camp from what you've seen? Yeah, he had a nice interception uh, the one day and re- returned to the house. And obviously, the crowd's been very interactive with Demar every day. He came out of the tunnel. There's a you know a loud eruption. Uh, you know, people are just happy that he's able to play football again. Quite frankly, and it's kind of a miracle. Um, sitting back and thinking about that Monday night game and where he was at and how he you know died on the field and they brought him back to life and now he's out there playing football again so quickly. Um, I think it'll be a mental, a mental thing for him, but I mean, Hey, they play Saturday and that'll be his first real live action with, you know, physical tackling and stuff like that. But yeah, tomorrow, I, th- I think he's a roster lock. He shows depth. He's, he's been working with the special teams. So he has had a really good camp and I, and I liked what I've seen from tomorrow. And uh, he was obviously cleared by the team's doctors, his own doctor. And if this is what he wants to do, then I'm all for it. And, if, and even if he had said this was enough, I'm going to retire, I would have uh, supported him either way. Hopefully we never see something like that on the field again. That was pretty scary. Yeah, he you know, he mentioned his press conference was so good um, when he just talked about Buffalo and how much Buffalo means to him and, and the community and his family and friends and teammates, how they've really you know built him up and gotten him to where he is right now. I um, mean, you know, it's it's just it's super cool on um, his ability to, you know, spread awareness for AED and all that stuff. So just overall CPR and stuff like that as well. So just overall made the best out of a, of a very scary situation. And you can tell Demar Hamlin not only is he, he a good player, but he has a really good heart. And uh, hopefully he can make some make some plays this year on the, on the football field. Absolutely. And this leads to my next question I wanted to ask you, uh, Alex. What are your thoughts on the Bills offseason with free agency? Uh, they didn't do a lot. And uh, the NFL draft. And do you feel the team addressed some addressed some of their needs? Oh, yeah, 100 percent. I think that they actually, you know, and this is what going back to the point from the national perspective and why, you know, some people don't think if you don't, you know, you're not consuming bill stuff 24 seven people don't think that the bills did a lot this off season, but they actually did quite frankly, probably the most they've ever done in terms of adding that depth. They brought in Connor McGovern to, re- to replace mm-hmm. a very, very below average Roger Saffold who just struggled all year, could not 
he, he just was bad, straight up bad. He's not a good football player. He, again, he came from Tennessee last offseason, signed a one-year deal. He's still a free agent to this day. But, yeah, they got Connor McGovern, who was 13th in pass protection last year, according to PFF, to man up the left side. You have Dawkins returning. You draft Osiris Torrance in the second round to bolster that right side. You have Ryan Bates, who offers that position versatility, can be your backup center, can be your backup right guard, can be your backup left guard. So I like what they did, you know, adding Osiris Torrance. He was – Thought to be at one point a first-round pick, follows of the Bills at the end of the second round. And I, I think his his ability to maul people, his anchor, um, his ability to, to pancake guys in space, it, it'll help the run game and the pass game uh, 100%. The biggest you know concern is the right tackle position with Spencer Brown, but he's had a good camp. One one bad day, but uh, the rest of the camp I thought he's done good. Um, it's not as you – know, some some Bills fans are so worried about it. I, I think it's a worry in terms of if one of those guys goes down, who, who's behind them. But it's so hard in this league to get tap, tackled depth. You add Damian Harris uh, for the one-two punch with James Cook. Really like that signing. Again, the Bills have struggled to, to pound the ball in, in the red zone with their running backs. Adding Damian Harris, adding Latavius Murray are two guys that have been able to find the end zone, have a nose for the end zone. Um, so they did well there. Bringing in Deontay Hardy, Trent Sherfield, again, roster depth. You bring in the Don Kincaid aspect. Uh, he's been one of the best players in the field. Again, looks like a veteran, even though he's played in the NFL for two weeks and hasn't even played in a you know actual game yet. But he's just he's looked apart. Um, he's a really good player. And then obviously defensively, middle linebacker. They didn't go out and spend money. They didn't. They drafted Dorian Williams in the third round, but he's been working uh, majority at weak side linebacker, uh, backing up like Matt Milano, second and third team, strictly special teams, but uh, Terrell Dodson, uh, Terrell Bernard is kind of the battle going on right there. I- I'm confident in both guys. I think both of those guys, when you have such a talented team around you, it's good. Um, and then Leonard Floyd, Taylor Rapp, um, you know, even David Edwards, again, on the offensive side of the ball, another guy that won the Super Bowl last year with the Rams and started for them all year. So yeah, th- they've done a really good job. Uh, the draft, I think, did really well again. Justin Shorter was the fifth round pick. He's going to be a guy that gets a jersey every game just for his special teams aspect. And, and he was a top 30 visit, so they really liked him. So, yeah, draft free agency. I think they've done a really good job and they, they have addressed some of their needs. Again, the only concern for me is the depth at offensive tackle. Do you see uh, Dalton Kincaid uh, and Dawson Knox being a one two punch as the tight ends or at the same time on the field? Uh, I, oh, it's going to be a lot of twelve personnel, a, a lot of a lot of twelve personnel, Chris. Uh, I think they're going to be able to to utilize those guys. Ken Dorsey, that's kind of his bread and butter, and they've been trying to. You know, Quentin Morris was a guy that was undrafted last year and kind of came in and kind of did some things, but not enough for obviously to to carve out a consistent role day in day out uh, for this team. But yeah, the the, tr- the usage of twelve personnel. Duncan Kick can line up in the boundary in the slot in line. He can you know chip and help the right tackle and. Uh, you know, get out in space. He's very good, very good hands. And then Dawson Knox is kind of that guy that g- great after the catch and Duncan Kate is too, but they're, they're different football, football players. Knox is a better blocker, more physical, uh, great in the red zone. And then Kincaid just, you know, a, a, such a good receiving uh, weapon for Josh Allen that that one, two punch, I think could be um, not exaggerating actually top five in the NFL in terms of tight end duos. Okay. That leads to my next question. Uh, tell us, um, um, tell us who are non-Bill fans, uh, who they should keep an eye out for this year's Buffalo Bills. Obviously, Dalton Kincaid is one of them, but who are some other guys uh, you would tell people to keep an eye out for for this team that could surprise? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go one on each side. So offensively, um, I'll go off the top of my head here. I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with Deontay Hardy. Uh, he's a guy that. 
they brought in to be – he's going to be the punt returner now with the Naeem Hines injury. He has great explosiveness. He's had great statistics when he stayed healthy. Five foot six with a lot of speed. He's very very tiny, uh, but his ability to separate. He's got he's got hops. I've, he's he's snagged a couple of balls from Josh Allen throughout camp in the air where he got up and uh, made a, a good play on the ball. So his yards after the catch ability, his ability to be that gadget guy you can give to on end of rounds. Um, I think he offers a versatile skill set that the Bills can utilize that they didn't really get from Isaiah McKenzie last year, just because I think he doesn't have the game sense that a Deontay Hardy does. Defensively, uh, I'll go with a guy called, named Puna Ford. Uh, came over from the Seahawks. He's going to be that guy that can clog up the, the the run gaps in the middle. I think that's that's something the Bills have. You know, they had Declan Jones last year, but Jordan Phillips was dealing with injuries all last year and had kind of trouble doing that. I think Puna Ford will solidify that. He's a he's a big boy. He's looked good in camp. Um, so yeah, I like what I see from Puna Ford. So those are two guys maybe under the radar that I think could be big contributions for the Bills this year on both sides of the ball. I also, uh, what do you feel about James Cook and Damian Harris? I, I like Damian Harris with, when he was with the New England Patriots, and I think James Cook has the potential to be a 1,000-yard running back in this league. Yeah, but, uh, um, <clears throat> James Cook definitely has shown a lot this offseason. Again, he, he's so versatile. Damian Harris had 15 touchdowns in 2021 with New England. So his ability, again, he has the nose for the engine that the Bills have kind of been missing. It's kind of been heavy reliant on Josh Allen, what he does with the ball, if he either runs it in or, you know, throws the ball to, to a playmaker and they, they score the touchdown. But yeah, I like what I've seen from Cook and Harris. I think Harris, again, will be utilizing the red zone. Uh, Brandon Bean said in, in an interview uh, the one day on WGR 550 that it's going to kind of be a yin and a yang approach. It's going to be depending on matchups. I think both are going to be utilized quite frequently. The only thing I can, I'm concerned with James Cook is his pass protection ability. Okay. Can he be able to, to withstand, you know, those pick up those, those blitzers or the, those, extra rushes that are coming at the quarterback is he able to do that. That's my biggest concern. But, yeah, pass catching ability, his speed, um, his ability to, to elude guys in space, I mean, it's it's what you want from your running back one. And I think he's he's set for a big year um, as long as he gets the touches. Yeah, because I'm an old school believer, and I, I love the passing game, but you also need a running game and have a balanced offense. Maybe not so much in the regular season, but in the playoffs when the weather gets bad, uh, that's when you need a, a consistent running game. So I, I really think Harris is a good addition, and I do like James Cook, and he did have a nice uh, run at the scrimmage game uh, Friday night and the speed-wise as well. Overall, what's your thoughts on the the uh, overall speed of, of this Buffalo Bills team heading into the 2023 season? Yeah, they're you said you said the speed. Sorry. Yeah, the speed, like overall, like the defense, obviously Cook and Harris. But um, do you find oh, defensively? Just, yeah, defensively. I mean, yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be flying around. They have they, they're not really the thing with the Bills is they're they're not they're a bend don't break kind of defense. That's what they've been. They don't really kill you with speed. That's not their strong suit. They're more of like, hey, we'll let you go down the field, but we're gonna make turnovers. We're gonna create turnovers, and we're gonna try to hold you when it gets when it gets in, when you get inside that 30, 20 yard line. We're really gonna you know attack. But I think, you know, I, we will see a more aggressive Bills defense this year. That's what Sean McDermott has preached. I think that's kind of the goal. So you, you'll see more, you know, more you know, intensity in, in terms of pressure and stuff like that. So, yeah, I really like what the Bills are going to hopefully be doing on defense this year. All right. Uh, thoughts on Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott both getting contract extensions. And do you feel this team is still an AFC contender and Super Bowl contender going into 2023? Uh, yeah, the, the, they're they're an AFC contender and they're they're a top three Super Bowl. I mean, they're they're right there. I mean, the Chiefs definitely have the nod, and I think the Bengals are 
still ahead of them. But the, the Bengals lost two, two – there's two starting safeties this year. I still have questions about the, that offensive line. I think Burrow's a great player. But, yeah, I think the Bills are right up there with those teams. They have all the talent in the world. I think every year they can they can make a push if they get lucky and can stay relatively healthy. I think there's no room for, for any, like, naysayers to be like this, this team. Like, I think it's – if you told – I would be more surprised if someone came out to me and said the Bills don't make the playoffs than if someone's like, the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl this year. That's how, like, I, I kind of see it. I think there, there's more confidence in the building in terms of Super Bowl aspirations than missing the playoffs, and that's what I feel like is prevalent amongst the fan base. I don't think there's that many people worried about missing the playoffs. I think it's more of, like, can they do it in January when it actually matters? Um, Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, yeah, I mean, dude, they, they turned around. They turned around a franchise after 17 years of – subpar below average terrible quarterback play and they and they've turned them into a, a team that's won the afc's three years in a row um they, they should have in 2021 they should have beat the chiefs with that 13 second debacle yes um so yeah there's there's some concern because sean mcdermott's a defensive minded coach and he hasn't been able to get over the hump and some people compare him to mike mccarthy out in the nfc but i really sean mcdermott he i don't think he's a top five coach but i think he's an above average coach in this league and I, Brandon Bean, I mean, he, he, I have more, the most trust in Brandon Bean. He's been such a great general manager. He's drafted pretty well, not, not the greatest, but he's drafted pretty well. And then his free agent acquisitions and, and obviously, you know, Josh Allen trading for Stefan Diggs, those two moves obviously stand out getting Von Miller. So I think Brandon Bean's done a really good job as well, making this team a year in year out contender, especially going up against the cap this off season to bring in all the guys I mentioned previously. Um, he's, I have like a 95 out of 100 trust in Brandon Bean in terms of Brent, uh, general manager going forward, I'll have like an 80 in Sean McDermott. McDermott's uh, former Eagle, too. He coached on the uh, coaching staff in Philly from 99 to 2010, and he did learn under Andy Reid as well. And uh, you know what? I think this combination between uh, McDermott and Bean is the longest one in Buffalo since Bill Polian and Marv Levy, I believe, from uh, 86 to 93. Yeah, they, they during the drought, they went through – you know, they went through it like tons. A lot. Yeah, they went. Yeah. They went Doug Whaley and uh, Rex Ryan, so they've done that a lot. Okay, um, AJ, are you okay for two more questions? Two more sure. quick questions. Okay, uh, this one I wanted to ask you: uh, What are your quick thoughts on the rest of the AFC East going into 20, 2023? We know the Jets and their defense, and now Aaron Rodgers. Miami added Jalen Ramsey and New England. Uh, they do probably have a, a decent, a really good defense, but I don't know if they can uh, compete in that division yet without, they don't, they didn't really add anybody to help Mac Jones out other than Bill Jones, their, their new offensive coordinator. Yeah. I'm, uh, the, the thing with the Patriots is they have a good coaching staff and I think they'll always hang around. I think they can get to that eight or nine win mark. I just think there's enough talent in terms of the defensive side of the ball. I like Kyle Duggar, very versatile guy. Um, Jonathan Jones is a good quarterback, cornerback. Uh, Jabriel Peppers is a guy that they can uh, mix up. I think Kyle Duggar and Jabriel Peppers, Adrian Phillips, Jalen Mills, those are all guys that can maybe, you know, prevent the Bills from doing a good job of using that trail personnel. Those are like the guys are going to use their cut. Their linebackers aren't that good in coverage. Um, but then obviously Christian Gonzalez, their first round pick who fell from Oregon. He was, you know, highly you know, scouted as one of the top cornerbacks in this class. They, the, you know, he fell out of the early, late teens, early twenties and the, the Patriots scooped him up. Matt Judon, one of the best edge rushers in the league. Um, I, you know, Christian Barmore again in the middle in the interior. 
And then, you know, Lawrence Guy on the edge. I really like their defense. I think they'll be a top 10 unit year in, year out. They always are. And then offensively, that's where I kind of struggle. Like Chris, like you said, they don't really have playmakers that number one target for um, Mac Jones. But I, I like I like Ramondre Stevenson. Oh, they, yes. They brought, in, they brought in Mike Kosicki, and then they have Juju, Devontae Parker, um, Kendrick Bourne, Tyquan Thornton. So they have some guys, but, yeah, not that, like, alpha – uh, moving on to the Dolphins, it all depends on, I think, Tua's health. I think if Tua can play smart football and stay healthy and get it into his playmaker's hands, I think they're a very hard team to beat. I think Javon Holland um, is going to come into his own this year. Um, you know, Byron Jones is a guy that's going to be back in the mix. You, you, The, the tight end, the, you know, Durham Smythe, I don't know what they're going to really get out of that that position. They, they kind of have a hole there, um, which kind of concerns me because Tua does like throwing over the middle. That's kind of like his bread and butter as a quarterback. Um, but I, I really like what they have. Cedric Wilson, um, their offensive line's okay. I, I think all the offensive lines in the AFC East are kind of that 20 to 24 mark. Twenty, like They're, they're not really impressive. They all have subpar offensive lines. Um, I think the Bills actually have the most depth this year in terms of their offensive line. And then defensively, Christian Wilkins, um, Jalen Phillips, Jerome Baker, Bradley Chubb, Xavier Howard. Um, so they have a ton of talent on the defensive side of the ball. Add that with Vic Fangio. I think that team could be special. And then the, the biggest threat, in my opinion, to the Bills is the New York Jets. I, I think Aaron Rodgers, again, I trust Rodgers more than Tua. I trust the Jets' defense more than the Dolphins' defense, especially with the Dolphins losing Ramsey for the majority of the year. Um, and I think the Jets have just playmakers at every level. If they can bring on a Dolphin Cook, they already have Brees Hall in that backfield with Michael Carter. I think that's a great one-two punch. You add Alan Lazard. So they have a lot of talent across the board, Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed. So, they're, yeah, they're just a really good team. Um, and they're they're probably, in my opinion, the biggest threat to the Bills for, for in the AFC East. I tend to agree with you as well on that. And uh, we're going to wrap this up. Um, what will you miss most about the current stadium once the new one is ready by 2026? I, I think I'll just miss, like, just the nostalgia. Just, you know, just being able to go there. Um, that That's kind of where I've – it's kind of a safe space for many people. Um, it's kind of where you can get away and everyone comes together and, you know, problems are, there's no really, no one's really worried about anything else, but what's right on the football field right in front of you. Um, people are just, it's just going to be in the environment. It's not going to be the same, uh, you know, cause you're not going to be able to walk up the stadium and, you know, same seats, different. Um, it's just going to be a whole different experience in a new stadium up to date. It's just going to be, I think just a day to the, the week to week experience that I'll truly miss um, the most. Uh, but I, I am, I will say, I am excited for a new stadium um, at the same time. My first uh, Bills game in Buffalo was September 21st, 1997, where the Colts were up 26 nothing at halftime against the Bills and Todd Collins, the Michigan alumni, uh, who replaced Jim Kelly, who retired in 96. And the Bills came back in that game and won 37 to 35 in the greatest regular season comeback in Bills team history. And that's what I will remember the most. Uh, even though I'm an Eagles fan, that game, because not too many teams come back from 26 nothing at home with a, a gentleman, with a quarterback, Todd Collins, who never panned out uh, in Buffalo to replace Jim Kelly. Nice. Cool. Yeah. I mean, my favorite game experience, um, I mean, the, w- witnessing a perfect game and, you know, I got there at about two o'clock that day. Yeah. Um, um, that, and you're in negative 20 degree temperatures and I'm pouring my drinks and they're freezing on impact. Like it was just like, for, like they were frozen on impact. It just, that whole experience that day, they, they didn't turn the ball over. They didn't punt once. They didn't, 
they converted every third down. They scored on every single drive. I mean, that that comes to me. Plus, it was the Patriots, so it's kind of like they owned the Bills for so long. So, they, you know, for fans especially, I think getting that payback with a perfect offensive game against the Bill Belichick wide defense was pretty cool. That's a pretty good game, too. And, uh, yeah, 20 years of frustration gone with that win as well. And uh, finally, we'll wrap this up. Um, where can my audience uh, follow you on social media? And uh, tell my audience about your Buffalo Rumblings uh, podcast show uh, when it airs and where people can listen to it. Yeah, so follow me on Twitter at AJ Sabalski. So A-J-A-Y, um, and then last name C-Y-B-U-L-S-K-I. I'll be at right at the bottom of the ticker there, AJ Sabalski. And then, yeah, uh, you can find me on the Buffalo Rumblings YouTube network every Monday nights at 7. My show is called Ages Analysis. Um, here's my here's my little logo um, lit up right now. And then, I, uh, yeah, that's about it. I, I write for them. Um, I'll be you know going to training camp the last day on Thursday. I'll have takeaway observation articles for you. Um, so, yeah, that's basically what I do. I'll be covering the team all year. Every Monday's at 7. Writer, find me on Twitter. That's where you see most of my opinions, takes. Uh, I cover every press conference after every game um, and all season long. So, yeah, I'm really trying to dive into this year. I, I'm not in school anymore, so I can kind of focus more on this kind of stuff and uh, give you as many updates and opinions and thoughts as I, as I can. And uh, I'm learning how to do writing. So you have any advice for people that are getting into digital writing? I've done it for about a year now, but just uh, any advice? Yeah, my advice would just be like, Tell a story, be unbiased, and don't put your opinion in the piece unless you're writing, obviously, an opinion piece. Um, but, you know, just be able to put quotes together and kind of, you know, the biggest thing is, if especially if you want to get into, like, sports reporting and you're, you're interviewing players and they're giving you these quotes, it's about putting that story together, finding the best quotes to put together to, to tell a story um, and, and being able to introduce the quote, explain the quote, um, and kind of, you know, just – do a good job of that. Obviously, AP style is huge. Uh, writing an AP style, so like one through ten or one through nine, sorry, is all spelled out. And then after ten, you can just write the number down. There's a lot of AP style tricks that you need to master and get get to really know. And once you do that more, um, you know, you'll get used to it. And then the biggest thing for me, I think, is just re you know reading articles, reading books, um, you know, ex expanding your use of language and knowledge that you can consume when you're, when you're reading and constantly taking in information and your mind's working like that, when you're writing and go, you're going to sit down and write an article, it can help you do the same as well. Okay. And uh, I was approved for an NFL media pass this year. So I'm hoping I'll see you at uh, Highmark stadium uh, for a game this year and uh, a few other ones as well. And uh, I'm looking forward to this uh, 2023 NFL season and AJ, I want to say, Thank you so much for coming on my 307th episode today. And I really enjoyed uh, speaking with you about the Bills. And uh, hopefully we can have you come back on again at some point during the season and, and talk about how your uh, Bills are doing and maybe a little more NFL as well. Yeah, I would love to. Look, I, yeah, I can talk. Trust me, when, when, when football season starts, I'm not just Bills. I'm, I'm watching every, every team and I can uh, talk about anything you want. But, yeah, Chris, thanks for having me. Uh, it was a pleasure to meet you uh, at the Red and Blue scrimmage. And, uh I hope for your continued success and you, you continue to chase that dream of yours and uh, you know, good, good luck with everything. And yeah, I'll, I'll hop on whenever you want. Um, maybe sometime, some point, you know, maybe midway through the season, we'll give a little uh, mid season recap about the bills. Maybe we talk about your Eagles a little bit. I know the bills and Eagles play this year. November 26th, November 26th. Yep. And I'm, I'm hoping to go to that game cause I've got it circled and uh, the Eagles are going to be wearing their Kelly green uh, 90s throwback jerseys too for that game as well. 
Yep. So yeah, looking forward to it. And uh, again, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, AJ. And uh, I will send you a copy of our episode in about a half an hour or so. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, AJ. Later. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed uh, Season 6, Episode 32 of Live with CDP Sports Talk tonight with my guest, AJ Sabalski. Uh, he is a writer and a podcaster and with Buffalo Rumblings, and he covers the Buffalo Bills in the National Football League. And uh, I want to say thank you so much to AJ uh, coming on here today as well. All right, guys. Before we end this uh, show, I'm going to show you a clip uh, of a live interview I did at uh, Highmark Stadium on Friday's Bills scrimmage uh, with a Bills Mafia fan that drove his family over 10 and a half hours from North Carolina uh, down to see the, the Bills scrimmage game. Uh, his name is Alex uh, Wittenhill uh, out of uh, Cary, North Carolina. So I'm just going to play the clip of an uh, interview I did with a Bills Mafia member. Here live from Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York for the Buffalo Bills scrimmage today. And I have a special guest. And his name is Alex. He's from uh, North Carolina. And Alex is a longtime uh, Buffalo Bills fan. Alex, how did you become a Bills fan down in Carolina? Uh, actually, from West Virginia. Okay. My mom was from this area. Um, I've been a Bills fan since I was a kid. Uh, we moved up here when I was 15 years old. I lived here until I was 28. A couple years out of state. And then I moved down to North Carolina. Just so happened, I happened to marry a girl that I went to high school with who was also a Bills fan in North Carolina. And we live in a, a town called Cary, which is right outside Raleigh. A ton of Bills fans. So it's always nice to come back. We always make any opportunity we can to come back to the stadium. How long have we driving with the down here to see the scrimmage tonight? Uh, about ten and a half hours. Wow. Yeah, worth it though. Absolutely. And uh, what's your uh, favorite what is your favorite Bills uh, moment so far? My favorite Bills moment? Oh, yeah. Probably watching the Bills lose the Super Bowl four years in a row. <laughs> when I was a kid, when we lived in West Virginia, my parents would have parties every year. And it was always, this is the year, this is the year. And they lived, lived through 17 years of them not winning, not even making it to the playoffs. Um, and then when I lived in North Carolina, the, the year that my wife and I got married, they made it to the playoffs. That's Josh Allen was the quarterback. It's such an amazing experience. So I think just like that whole, the four years not winning it, and then when they finally got to the playoffs again because of Josh Allen, priceless. Thoughts on the scrimmage tonight here at Highmark Stadium, and are you excited about the new stadium being built across the street? I'm so excited. I'm just worried about the parking. It's my only problem. All right, and uh, what are your thoughts on the 2023 Buffalo Bills? Say that again? What are your thoughts on this year's team? You know, I'm excited about it. it, it Last year was rough, especially how we ended the season. Uh, but, but, you know, there was a ton of adversity. I really think that the team grew a lot with everything they went through with Lamar Hamlin, you know, everything like that. Um, in my honest opinion, there's a lot of downers out there for this year, but I think they're going to be as good, if not better, this year. All right. Any last thoughts about uh, the Buffalo Bills going into free season? Go Bills. Well, Bill, Alex, I want to say thank you so much for doing it. Of course. Thank you. Safe chat. Home and uh, hopefully we'll see you uh, on social media. Thank you. All right, guys, that was courtesy of my uh, YouTube channel, and that was Alex Whittinghall.
Uh, Whit Whitting, sorry, Whitting Hill from Cary, North Carolina. I met him and his wife and kids at the Bills uh, Red and Blue scrimmage Friday night in uh, Orchard Park, New York, and uh, diehard Bill fans. And I, I would say the best three fan bases in the National Football League, uh, obviously being an Eagles fan, Philadelphia, uh, Green Bay, and Buffalo. Those are my three, Philadelphia, Green Bay, and Buffalo, the three best fan bases in the National Football League. It doesn't matter what I order. It could be Buffalo, uh, Green Bay, and Philly, but in those orders as well, guys. All right. Uh, the next live is CDP Sports Talk, Season 6, Episode 33, sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet, Wednesday, August 9th at 2 p.m. Eastern tomorrow with hockey writer Kevin Allen from Hockey Buzz and Hawk Detroit Hockey Now, who covers the Detroit Red Wings and the National Hockey League. Kevin Allen was also the hockey editor and writer uh, with USA Today uh, for 34 years as well. So if you want to talk some NHL and Detroit Red Wings, uh, Kevin Allen will be on my show tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern on Facebook, hopefully. Uh, there's some issues with uh, Facebook streaming tonight. So uh, usually it's live streamed on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. And we'll hopefully we'll get this uh, issue with Facebook uh, resolved for tomorrow's episode as well. So Kevin Allen tomorrow, 2 p.m., talking some National Hockey League and Detroit Red Wings as well. Uh, there was some news from the Detroit Tigers today. Uh, former Detroit Tiger player, and 60, 1968 World Series champion and former Tigers uh, color analyst on the ticket 97-1 in Detroit alongside Dan Dickerson. Uh, Jim Price passed away today at the age of 81. So deepest sympathies and condolences to Jim Price's family and friends and to the Detroit Tigers organization. Uh, he was a great ball player, won a world championship in Detroit in 68, and was a longtime uh, broadcaster for the Detroit Tigers alongside Dan Dickerson. Uh, for 24 years on 97 won the ticket in Detroit as well. So rest in peace to Jim Price as well. All right, guys, we're going to wrap up this show here soon. As always, Live with CDP Sports Talk is a weekly sports and entertainment talk show hosted by yours truly. Chris Pame is on weeknights at 8 p.m. Eastern on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key of the home of Southern sports and talk, the heartbeat of Atlanta. Our website, on, on, on the radio station's website, I can speak, is wqeefm.radio. 12345.com as well. Again, live with CDP Sports Talk is live streamed on these platforms YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. I apologize today. There is an issue with the live stream feed on Facebook. So I will send a copy of this show to Facebook later on as well. You guys can also check out my website, uh, beacons.ai slash Chris D. Pame. All my digital content and previous podcast shows are on there. And you can find all my social media sites on beacons.ai, again, slash Chris D. Pame as well. Live with CDP Sports Talk is brought to you by Barry Cullen Chevrolet Dealership at 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out barrycullen.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles. And also, guys, there's a Summer Adventures event going on at Barry Cullen Chevrolet right now. 4.99% financing for up to 48 months on the 2023 uh 
Blazer RS model. So more details on that at barrycon.com as well. You can also follow me on TikTok at Live with CDP. I post a lot of my player and coaches interviews and all my sports media work on my TikTok pages as well. So again, check me out on TikTok at Live with CDP. And I want to say thank you to my 1,452 followers on there as well. StreamYard is the official live stream provider of Live with CDP Sports Talk. If you're no webinars or podcasting such as myself, check out StreamYard.com as well. And finally, guys, Live with CDP Sports Talk, the audio version is available on these platforms. iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify for Podcasts, Podcasters, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, Castbox, LinkedIn, Stitcher, Tuned In, and Weeknights at 8 on WQEE 99.1 FM. Finally, you can email me or text the Live with CDP Sports Talk at cpame19 at gmail.com or you can text the show at 519-820-7188. If you have any comments, questions or suggestions from the show would greatly appreciate it and uh, again i want to say thank you to everybody for watching and listening to live with cdp sports talk and this is my 307th episode as well guys nfl preseason this weekend obviously since we did a bills podcast tonight the indianapolis Colts take on the bills saturday at one o'clock at highmark stadium in orchard park new york and then uh, the other game i'm looking at is the philadelphia eagles take on the baltimore ravens saturday night in baltimore so uh preseason's here and then we got the cfl going on uh the toronto argonauts will be home this sunday at seven o'clock at bmo field to take on the ottawa rep Red Blacks, the Argos are now 6-1 and one after their 27 loss at uh, Calgary Stampeders. And hopefully Chad Kelly will be back behind the center Sunday, fingers crossed. And speaking of the Toronto Argonauts, the next Toronto Argonauts Argo Bounce live audio show with my co-host Nick Small this Friday, August 11th, 7 p.m. Eastern uh, on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn, and hope you guys can tune in as we talk about the Argos' 27, 20-7 loss to the Calgary Stampeders and preview their game against Ottawa and uh, hopefully talk about Chad Kelly uh, starting Sunday against Ottawa. So we'll see. But uh, that's about it. I want to say again thank you to my guest today, AJ Sybrowski. Sorry, AJ Sybrowski. I apologize. I didn't mean to butcher his name. Thank you to AJ for coming on here today. Again, check out uh, Buffalo Ramblings on Twitter and on their website as well. And uh, it was great to talk some Buffalo Bills uh, football with him today too. And uh, I'll just put his Twitter page. You can follow AJ on Twitter at AJ Salbrowski, his name. And also you guys can check out the website, buffalorumblings.com as well and he, he does a great job covering the buffalo bills and the national football league so that's about it guys i'm wrapping up season six episode 32 uh today but i want to say thank you again to everybody for watching and listening to live with cdp sports talk and uh, thank you to our sponsorship barry collins chevrolet here in guelph and on radio station at weeknights at 8 on WQEE 99.1 FM. I hope everybody has a great evening, and we'll see you guys here tomorrow for Season 6, Episode 33, 2 p.m. Eastern, 
with Kevin Allen, hockey writer with uh, Hockey Buzz and Detroit Hockey Now, and the former longtime uh, hockey writer with the USA Today as well. Looking forward to speaking to Kevin Allen. Have a great night, everybody, and we'll see you tomorrow for another edition of Live with CDP Sports Talk.